happy hour on the Fringe. Fringe Arts is Philadelphia's premier presenter of contemporary performing arts. We invite you to pour one up and enjoy our conversations with some of the most imaginative people on this plane of existence. This week, we're chatting with ourselves. We're the most imaginative people. (laughs) (laughs) So today, we'll go around and say who we are. And this is an exciting opportunity for us to reflect on the past year and to dream about what might be coming in 2019. And for you guys to get a better sense of who your hosts are. Yeah. That's important. And... What we're drinking. Yeah. What are we drinking? Coffee. It's 11 a.m. It's 11 in the morning. <laughs> I'm having some raspberry zinger tea. <laughs> having a peach sangria tea from Kari's Tea Shop in the food hall at the Bourse. <laughs> and I'm drinking water. <laughs> Gotta Keeping stay hydrated. Yeah. I like this first question because it reminds me a lot of the seminal question from a podcast by one of our Blue Heaven artists, Kat Cohen. Blue Heaven is a comedy festival at Fringe Arts running February 1st and 2nd. And it's on her podcast, Seek Treatment, and she says, uh, who were you, who are you, and who do you want to be? But our version of that for today's purposes is, who are we, how did we get here, and what do we do now? <laughs> so, Sam, why don't you kick us off? Yeah, well, a little attack by that question. question. <laughs> oh, gosh. I'm a triple air sign. Is um, that true? Yeah. Yeah, Libra sun, Aquarius moon, Aquarius rising. I always forget that Aquarius is an air sign, because it's aqua. Yeah, it does make sense. I well, I yeah, but it's just (laughs) if we're thinking Latin, it's like water. Yeah, it's no. Okay, got it. Yeah, I am the artistic producer here at Fringe, one of two, with my close friend Katie Dammers. How did I get here circuitously? Um, I would say that's how you get into any programming position: is you you luck out, (laughs) and then you work really hard, and then you you continue to luck out. I was here initially in 2013 as what was then called the Neighborhood Fringe Coordinator. It was a temp position. I was here for a little bit. Then I went on to the Kimmel Center and enrolled in their programming department. I just kept in touch a little bit. Um, Hot tip. Hot tip. Keep in touch. Yeah. Rule of culture number. Keep (laughs) Keep showing up. We'll be giving out some job advice on this podcast. (laughs) Yeah. My thing was like, I kept in touch with Caroline, our managing director. Really, as the rest of the staff just kind of moves and shifts and undulates. Like, find the person who seems like they're not going anywhere. Talk to them. (laughs) You know? And and that was Carolyn for me, and we just kept in close contact. And then when a position in the programming department here opened up, I applied, actually, this was so bad, from the desk at my last job. It was was a bad day. (laughs) I just, I needed something different. And after the election, I really was less interested in commercial presenting and really wanted to fully believe in everything that we were doing. That's not a read at all. Yeah, no shade to our friends at the Kimmel. No, 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 no. I loved that job and I learned so, so, so much there. And I had the best boss in the whole world, best bosses. But no, I just wanted to move in a different direction and work on art that was more directly aligned with my my personal aesthetics and taste Mm -hmm. level, which is selfish, but I wanted it. And what do I do now? Whatever, whatever's best. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> this is looser. <laughs> no, I mean like whatever, whatever is appropriate. I think I I have a vision for where I'd like to see this institution or programming go, and I'm following that. And really, it's more representative of the the, the Philadelphia community, and that's what I want. I love it. I know you didn't need my permission <laughs> or my approval or anything. I just Katie, wanted... who are you? Yeah. <laughs> What's going on? Uh, I'm Katie. I work with Zach every day, all day, as the other artistic producer Late into the night. (laughs) Our role really is a 24-7 job, which is amazing. We live it and love it and breathe it. 
Um, I am new to French arts. I just got here in the middle of August and so thrilled to have moved to Philadelphia and I'm still learning a lot about this community, but I'm really moved by the vision and the mission of French arts and I'm glad to be helping to chart its way forward into the new year. But previous to my time here in Philly, I was the assistant curator at The Kitchen and also their archive manager. So The Kitchen is a small nonprofit performing arts center with a gallery space in New York City in the Chelsea-based neighborhood. And I was there for five years, working in a variety of different capacities, curating exhibitions, organizing performances, and then also managing their vast archives. And in addition to that, I also worked independently with a number of choreographers as their manager and all-around administrator, some of which I still do now. So yeah, that's me. You have a dance background, correct? I do, yeah. So I studied dance and art history and music growing up, and I still dance now, but not publicly so much anymore. Although I am in Trust Your Moves, and by the time this comes out, our final concert has probably concluded, but you guys should all check it out. It's an amazing queer choir in West Philly that Emily Bate runs that I have really loved being part of this fall. Oh, wonderful. My gosh. We gotta go see it. Yeah. 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 It's gonna be great. <laughs> Tanara, who are you? I'm <laughs> Tanara. Um, uh, how did I get here? I felt, I, I think I, I like tripped and fell into this job is what I'm gonna say, but that's like how I usually arrive anywhere. <laughs> but with intentions and aspirations. Yeah, yeah. It was, it, was a, it was a situation where I I won't get into the thorny details, but last year I was like in a, in a mid-20s crisis transformation and I like had, I was having a respite from Philadelphia. I was in Providence, Rhode Island for, for a couple, uh, several weeks and then I was abroad and I knew I was coming back to Philly, but I I had literally no idea what I was going to do when I got back. But while I was in Rhode Island, this this audience engagement coordinator position floated to my job board <laughs> spheres. And I was like, either I'm super qualified for this job or I'm super unqualified for this job. Like, there's actually no middle ground. And so I just, I, you know, on a whim applied and I didn't have very high expectations of getting the job. And then I did get the job. So, <laughs> and we are so happy you did. Tanara's a superstar. Yeah, Tanara, what do you what do you do? Yeah, what is my job? That's such a good question. The audience engagement coordinator position is grant funded through the William Penn Foundation's New Audience New Places grant. And so it encompasses a lot of different things, but essentially my job is to be the bridge between new audiences and communities in Philadelphia who either historically have not been very connected to fringe arts or who just don't know what fringe arts is or have always wanted to be but haven't always found the right route or pathway into um, our institution. And so that kind of engagement and partnership takes many, many, many different forms, but my main role is to facilitate all of that. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Raina. That's Gucci. Uh, well, I'm Raina. I'm marketing manager at Fringe Arts. I've been here for just about two years, but that's actually counting an internship. So I actually started off in the programming department because even though I studied marketing in college, I felt like I wanted something different. And also reading the job description for our programming internship, it's all about organization and, you know, working with artists and all these things that I was like, yeah, that sounds like so up my alley. And so I did. And I worked a lot on the Fringe Festival, especially for independent artists and recruiting 
all of the artists that we were going to be working with last year in 2017 and I loved it. And I fully expected to leave without a job. And then the marketing coordinator position opened up while I was still an intern here. So I had a few little nudges to apply and I did and ended up getting the job. And it was really exciting because I was going over to a new department, um, but I was able to talk about how, you know, my experience of working with artists and also my experience kind of coming from the marketing side of business, but also having had experience on the artistic side um, really melded together really well. One of the reasons I love Fringe Arts is because we're able to support so many independent artists. And since that was kind of like my whole thing when I started, I do like still have a special affinity for all of the artists who are like making their own work and using this as a platform to really build their voice and build their name in the Philadelphia community. I mean, I'm definitely in the like 30 plus show range. The number goes up if you oh, have yeah. digital Fringe shows. Raina beats most of the staff. Well, maybe with the exception of the two of you. Well, they they see shows all year round. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> but during the fall festival, we're often here or in other theaters mm -hmm. managing the shows as they happen. So I think Raina still probably sees more yeah, shows. Yeah, you definitely do this during the festival. Because we're it's often so much fun. stuck in rehearsal. Yeah, yeah. I, I love the French festival. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so what I what I do now, um, we have a pretty small department, so you know, my job is marketing and everything that that encompasses. If you see our print materials, if you see our emails, uh, you know, it's it's coming from it's coming from over here. And boy, do you see our emails. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> if you're listening to the podcast, you're definitely like you're you're at a deeper level of engagement. You're reading. Oh yeah, you like our emails, right? Yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine a person listening to this podcast who doesn't get our emails. Is that like We're talking to them right now? Like they're. This we is hope that you one. will sign up for our email subscription list if you're not. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, I just yeah. I mean that because the easiest way to get our emails is by coming to see one of our shows. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. We do have some amazing shows. So, <laughs> one of the other many things that Raina does as part of her job was starting this podcast, right? Yes. So, I do have to give a shout out to Hallie Martinson. She is currently the Director of Communications and Development at Pig Iron Theatre Company. And, uh, so, you know, we're still working very closely with her. Uh, previously, she actually worked at Fringe Arts and was the first person to get this podcast off the ground. If you listen to some of our earlier episodes, she's going to be the host. So that's the voice that you're hearing. And so, you know, this summer, we really wanted to revamp the podcast, bring it back since she left and really give new life to it. And so um, now we actually have this lovely rotating cast of four different hosts. And really, you know, we're so excited for where this podcast is going. We have some big ideas. We started off, you know, talking to a lot of the artists that we presented this past year. And it's been really great to be able to talk to them about the work that they're doing and get different perspectives um, on like how they think about their work. Uh, but we have some really exciting goals for 2019. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely would love to see this podcast kind of break out of some of the promotional ways that we framed it previously. And just to be completely transparent, that's generally because those artists were already in our space. <laughs> so we could, you know, sprint downstairs to a dressing room and be like, excuse me, can I bend your ear for a moment? <laughs> but we're with now, I think, more interested with that accent. 
I think now we're still interested in all those people's perspectives, but we have some space to kind of expand and to really maybe bring some of our arts and cultural peers into this space uh, to kind of talk about what they're doing and the way that they're presenting practice works. I think that we'd be very interested to speak more broadly with larger groups of artists, maybe to seed some space in this podcast, maybe have one of us moderate a discussion of a larger group. And we're interested in the idea of like having a like cohort of people who maybe see all of the shows in the High Pressure Fire Service presentation series and, and sit in this space and kind of talk about them as they happen. So kind of following one group through multiple shows and, and, and really getting to know some, some more broad and diverse perspectives. We hope that'll give people an opportunity to think about the ecosystem of the Philadelphia arts community at large. Um, so for those of you who haven't tuned into previous podcasts, High Pressure Fire Service is a new festival that we're debuting this coming year. It'll run March through June, and it's with only Philadelphia-based artists across a variety of different disciplines. So we hope that by inviting different people into the room to look at those works, not only can they talk about the content and the artists that we're working with and their practice, but also situate it within a larger history of our town, of the community as it works here, and as what Fringe has done, you know, being part of that community for nearly 25 years and how our role has changed. And we're so happy to announce here on this podcast that all of those recordings will be taking place at the 11,500 square foot Wawa at 6th and Chestnut. <laughs> we're kidding, but it just opened today. There was a parade. <laughs> um, also something we're excited about with this podcast is, like Zach and Katie were saying, that this is a space for practitioners to be reflecting on our programming and on this ecosystem that we are very much a part of, both artistically but also just organizationally. We, Fringe Arts are a nonprofit organization that exists in a city full of nonprofit organizations that are doing incredible work, both as artistic institutions and otherwise. And so we're also hoping that the podcast will be a space for our community partners that are invested in our work uh, just as much as we are to come in and share their perspectives on what we do and what they do. We actually already did one of those podcast recordings with the Director of Arts and Culture at Puente de Salud, Nora Leitz, and Reverend Danny Cortez, who is the Executive Vice, Vice President of Esperanza, which is a massive organization in the Huntington Park neighborhood of Philadelphia that's doing incredible work increasing the quality of life for their Latinx communities there. So more podcast episodes like that. I'm sure yeah. will be on the horizon. Yeah, I think it's important to all of us to situate like this podcast and this institution in the city of Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Like as we continue to bring in a lot of international arts and cultural opportunities for people, I think it's always important for us to like keep our feet on the ground in Philadelphia. Yeah, we're not in a vacuum. Yeah. Well, recognizing that is important. Yeah. And I think as we move into 2019 here in at French Arts, like I, I think that's a big kind of driving force mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. Like we're definitely thinking internationally as well and checking in with our peers. But one thing that's so so exciting is uh, high pressure fire service and what we're doing there. Yeah, what a great segue. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know I'm really excited about our programming for the spring. The the shows we have in uh, what we affectionately call hip fizz for high pressure fire service. They're all so diverse just on the topics that they touch on, where the artists are coming from. Um, The forms that they've mm -hmm. used to build these pieces, the kind of curatorial frameworks or, uh, sorry, 
performative frameworks are all just really, really cool and kind of bend our understanding of performance in Philadelphia in cool ways. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And are also moving in exciting directions. You know, yeah. We've thought of this series as a platform to really support the people that are here in our local community, but also to share how excited we are about them with the broader country and internationally. Mm -hmm. So we're so pleased that we're able to provide important development support and commissioning funds so that artists like this can then take their show on the road, whether that is to New York or to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival or to other communities here within Philadelphia. Yeah, and like you were saying, Zach, about, you know, it, we're not choosing between Philadelphia and our international partners. It's actually, you know, we can maintain our rootedness in mm -hmm. Philly and still be very connected with the international artists and presenters that we work with. And in fact, we don't have to sacrifice one over the other and creating spaces for cultural and international exchange is so great for Philly and for us. Yeah, and I mean, it, listen, it's not all service. Like, selfishly, I'm really excited for all of these shows. I'm yeah. so, so excited for the Blue Heaven Comedy Festival mm -hmm. to have Michelle Buteau and Jabuki Young-White and Cola Scola and Aaron Markey with Emily Bate all in our space over two days. It's just a lot of activation, and it, it's really us reaching deep into the alternative comedy scene kind of nationally um, in uh, kind of supporting this this next wave of like great American voices in comedy. Mm -hmm. I think it's it's cool that we're in that space and it's cool that we're thinking about the way that the fringe dial and the fringe aesthetic can in some way be expanded or uh, I guess more 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 realistically what we're recognizing is that there's a fringe on every genre on mm -hmm. every form you know and you 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 dive in and you really you you learn about that form and those things tend to be those, those spaces those like experimental and uh, kind of alternative spaces tend to be where there's a lot of innovation happening and tend to be where there's a lot of marginalized people and I, that's that was all important to me in kind of building building that 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 card yeah fringe being a place where people are pushing on a boundary and mm -hmm. um yeah. the boundaries of form the boundaries of style etc that's all in our programming well one thing i will say i'm also really excited about are our accessibility and our uh, diversity yeah. equity and inclusion efforts mm -hmm. it's something that we are really focused on and are trying to find ways to incorporate more not just in writing audience services, so, you know, having shows that do include ASL interpretation and audio description services, but also making sure that we are representative of, making sure that we represent on the stage what we also want to see in our audience. Totally. Um, and I know that our producing team has been working so hard on that and really bringing in a diverse amount of artists and, you know, not just racially or, you know, gender, but really across all bounds. And one of the, the first shows in High Pressure Fire Service is A Fierce Kind of Love, which features a mixed ability cast. And this is actually a remounting, so it first came out in 2016, but we're so excited to be able to bring people into our space who have maybe never been here before and really make sure that our space is as accessible as possible yeah. uh, for anyone coming through our doors. Yeah, and like access is not just on the lines of uh, race, of gender, of, um, you know, disability. You know, it really, like you said, like who hasn't been in our space, who has mm -hmm. traditionally felt 
unwelcome in our space. You know, we're starting a new teen volunteer program. We don't have an education department, but we're really committed to be making sure that we are accessible to young people who want to get involved and who care about the kind of programming and the kind of aesthetic that we're curating. So we're working with the Greater Philadelphia Cultural Alliance and the STAMP program to start this new teen volunteer program. And we have two teen council members who are spearheading that program and they are literally just the best and smartest, you know, 15 and 17 year olds that I've ever met in my life. Yeah. I was never that good when I was that age. We're thinking about <laughs> kind of how this space is welcoming to those audiences who are parents as well. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I really think that accessibility, the more you dig into it, the more there is. It's like, yeah. it's yeah. the, like the, the, the paper fortune teller. Mm-hmm. They just like open it up and there's, there's just more and there's more and yeah. there's more and there's just so many more communities and constituencies that we can kind of open the doors to. And and the recognition that it, it is into it has to be integrated into literally every corner of what mm-hmm. we do, where we are, who works here. You know, it, it can't be one additive of our programming. It yeah. has to be an integration into everything that we do, otherwise it's not gonna be effective. And it's not solely external either. You know, yeah. it is really grounded in the hard questions that we're asking ourselves as a staff, as an organization. So much of that is visible in the programming that we present and the ways in which we relate to audiences. But we have a diversity, equity, and inclusion committee here within our organization that's formed of different staff members and that has been embraced by our board. And we're also working to build an advisory board that will help to serve us as we continue to move along and try to seek best opinions and best practices and advice from members of the community so that we're guided both from within and without as we move forward. So those are kind of institutional New Year's resolutions, but I think it might make sense for us to, given that this is a year-end episode, uh, talk about, you know, what you wanted to accomplish in 2018, maybe personally or professionally, and what you're looking forward to for yourself in 2019. And I'm not going first. I can go first. Go um, right. Should we go <laughs> counterclockwise this time? Oh, yes. Let's go counterclockwise based on how we're sitting. In, uh, we're in a circle, team. <laughs> we're in a circle. Yeah. Well, so it's funny. On my 2018 kind of New Year's resolutions, I wrote like a brief list just in my notes on my phone. One of them was take on more responsibility at work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that worked out. I would say I was, that was you became the sole person working in the department? Yeah, there was a, a seven-month period where I, and our uh, our lovely uh, communications coordinator at the time, Hugh Wilikowski, who's now over in development. So, yeah, I achieved that goal. Uh, Congratulations. <laughs> the universe was like, I see you and I raise you. Like, yeah. Props to Raina for that incredible work and hard dedication in that transition period. Yeah. Yeah, and Zach too. I don't know, maybe this I don't is on this time. <laughs> Blocked it out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so it has been uh, such a crazy year. I did so many things I didn't expect to do, but yeah. also things that I was like, well, Thank goodness, I like doing this. Do you remember? <laughs> do you remember when we did Fashion Machine in January? That was so different. That was this year. Yeah. That was 2018, and it's just that that was a show that we presented. Uh, that was as part such of a good show, by the way. I just want to say I came to that show as a patron of Fringe Arts and a lover <laughs> of theater for young audiences, and I was blown away. It's a really special <laughs> show, but it's just it's so wild to look back on this last year because it simultaneously feels like it has. Um, 
pass in the blink of an eye and yeah. that it, it took all year. So yeah, yeah. It's, it's interesting. I mean, the Fringe Festival went by so quickly. I felt like I was working towards the Fringe Festival for so yeah. long. And then it happened and I was like, okay, we did it. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm so excited for 2019. We do have a whole bunch of new staff members. Um, I'm no longer a department of one slash two. So I'm really excited to be, you know, working with our new marketing communications director, Claire Frisbee, as well as Tanara um, and the rest of our new staff as well. On a personal note. Yeah, tell us your personal New Year's resolution. Yeah, I'm just going to plug this. I'm starting a quilting business. I said it was going to happen this year, but it's happening in 2019. I will definitely commission you for a big old quilt. Yeah, they're t-shirt quilts. It's not just Oh. It's not just any old quilt. Uh, All your old Very specific. Uh, yeah, no, it's something I started like after I graduated college. I made like a college quilt and then I made myself a high school quilt because I was like I have too many t-shirts mm-hmm. and I don't want to pay someone else to do it. Do you want to make me a dog quilt? I mean, if you have you actually, Zach is wearing and has a lot of Dog t-shirts. Dog, dog headshot t-shirts. <laughs> it's an aesthetic. I have like yeah. 15. <laughs> it's like very Pinterest over there. <laughs> Pin who? <laughs> Tanara, why don't you talk to us about what you've accomplished? Um, so, I really, this is such a good exercise. I love questions like mm-hmm. these. But yeah, in 2018, I felt really strongly that, you know, I was working in early childhood education at the time, and I just knew that Though I love working with kids and don't necessarily want to stop that work, I'm still teaching improv at Philadelphia Improv Theater, which is like really fun and exciting to like the babies, like the little babies. I didn't want to stop doing that work, but I also knew that I wanted to be working more directly in my field and industry. Um, so I had no idea how that was going to happen, which was kind of that aforementioned mid 20s crisis mode where I just. Your Saturn return. Yeah, my Saturn return, absolutely. Yeah, and I, I sort of like left my job at the preschool blindly and, and threw myself off the, the ledge and, and just was like, I, here I go, adventure time. And But now I am working more directly in my industry, which is very, very exciting, so I feel good about that. My personal New Year's resolution for 2019, I really haven't thought about this enough. I probably should have, but I just think I would really like to be able to run five miles without stopping. Nice. I feel like that's totally achievable. Yeah, absolutely. I run two miles without stopping now, so it's fine. And Tanora's yeah. an amazing biker. You have some stamina yeah. already. But biking yeah. and running are just so different. Yeah, you can sit when you're biking. You can sit when you're biking. <laughs> also, I'm always like, I'm riding my bike to arrive to places, and yeah. running is very different than that, you know? So, but but yeah, that's my that's my low low ball like new year's resolution Mm -hmm. katie what about you well i'm thinking back to my 2018 resolutions and it's funny you bring up saturn return because as many of you know zach knows so much about astrology and i know very little in fact like probably zero but i learned briefly about what the saturn return was and it was calculated to be sometime in the next year and a half for me at the beginning of 2018 and it really freaked me out. I was like, what is that? What is it going to mean? For our listeners at home, what is a Saturn return? <laughs> yes. it's, it's when Saturn is in the same place it was at the time of your birth. Yeah. So, and that happens oh. generally around your 27th year. It's it's a reset in a certain way. Mm-hmm. You're meant to reflect um, a lot. And for some people, it is when your quarter-life crisis happens. Yeah. So for the friends that I was 
drinking with who told me about this phenomenon, they all described really traumatic things that mm -hmm. happened to them. <laughs> like, it, they were all my friends from the Cunningham Company, and for many of them, it had been when Merce passed, mm. or when they had a serious injury, or when they broke up with their significant life partner. So I was convinced that something really awful was going to happen, but instead I moved to Philadelphia, and I'm so happy about it. Oh, that's so good. I was, I was <laughs> shooting myself. I was like, oh, no, no, no. No, so I just want to say, like, I never could have imagined that this would have been where I ended up at the conclusion of 2018, but I'm really happy to be here, and if this is my Saturn return, I have, like, super lucked out. So, <laughs> so happy about that. I think my goal for 2019 is actually to take an improv class. And I didn't even know that you taught that. Oh my gosh, Katie, let's talk. Um, so we definitely have lots to yeah. discuss. I have never done theater before or improv or anything in that way, so it's gonna be totally outside of my comfort zone. But with our new comedy festival coming up, I've been inspired by Zach, who's taken improv classes. And I know that I'm someone who have will have a greater appreciation of the form, even if I like, do it in the smallest, worst, most amateur way, it will just help me to understand it a little bit more, and so I'm happy to do that. That's so cool. I'm so excited for your yeah. showing. Oh Katie's going to come back in here, and we're just going to be quip all day. It's going to yeah. be the yes, worst. Yes, Anding. Yes. <laughs> um, what, what did I choose for myself in 2018? I was really making joke resolutions at that time, because I was playing in my head with the idea of, like, what's a resolution that no one would ever want you to accomplish, or a resolution that means that if you accomplish it, has a, uh, a negative effect on your life. So what was it for you? And mine was to marry someone in 2018 who I met in 2018. Oh, wow. <laughs> it was, it was You still have two weeks. No, because no, no, I changed it in July. Because I thought that that was interesting, and then the show Married at First Sight was casting in Philadelphia, so I was like, this is it, this is so subversive, and then I'll write a book of poetry about it. I was really in that, that space. And then um, I made a different choice to hit 2,000 Tinder matches this year, uh, because the idea of hitting 2,000 Tinder matches and still being alone felt so, so funny and <laughs> like a weird accomplishment threshold, like uh, open channel kind of feedback loop. I definitely thing. hit that. Me too. So I did it this year. I did accomplish it. It felt good, whatever. We traveled a lot. For 2019, I don't know. I would like to document, I would like to document art, uh, both my own and the things that I'm seeing the things that we're presenting here more rigorously. I'd mm -hmm. like to keep a better record of uh, what performances I saw, of uh, what uh, readings I, I uh, was a part of, of uh, when I wrote, kind of getting a better sense of my own practice so that it doesn't feel random or shotgunny. It feels like maybe like a laser. I want to keep up with my acupuncture practice. I had a great first acupuncture appointment uh, about so a week I ago. I talked about this for so many minutes. I want to tell you, I was walking home, like, from my acupuncture appointment, like, still feeling very just, like, unsettled by, like, oh my god, this is what it feels like to release, like, years and years of pain from my musculature. Mm -hmm. Like, it felt like, in the Claritin commercial, when they peeled the, 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 oh, the, yeah. the sepia tone. Off, I resonate with that so much. It really, like, moved me deeply. Yeah. So that's Hot my... Hot tip. Everybody check out acupuncture. West Philadelphia Community Acupuncture is a sliding scale acupuncture clinic. There are lots of sliding scale acupuncture acupuncture clinics in Philadelphia and we will not endorse any of them. <laughs> oh really? We're not? Okay, well, I go to West Philly. <laughs> yes, there are lots of great ones. Guys, I think we have to do some lightning round here. Yeah. Um, yes. So, uh, Katie, what work do you do outside of Fringe Arts? 
Outside of Fringe, I work with two choreographers, Rashawn Mitchell and Silas Reiner, that work together. They're dancers and artists living in New York City, and I am their general manager. So I handle all of their tours, administrative things, development, website, I do it all. And I'm also a writer. I do mostly nonfiction, whether it's criticism or particularly historical pieces that look at history as it relates to the performing arts. Amazing. Sonora, what work do you do outside of Friend of Arts? Um, I am also a writer, but I don't write nonfiction. I am a first-year playwright at the Foundry Emerging Playwrights Lab uh, with Playpen. I also am a, one of a trio of a podcast host for the podcast Sarah, Sarah, and Sarah. Now available. No, I'm not going to do that. Um, and uh, I... Um, this, this is really stressing me out, this lightning round. I also make some of my own theatrical work. Raina. I am a patron of the arts and a uh, citizen of Philadelphia. Um, I love seeing things and doing things around the city. As I mentioned, I quilt a lot. And I also am taking a little bit of a lull from like acting and whatnot, but might get back into. Also, you do aerial, aerial yoga. Oh, yeah, I do aerial yoga. Oh, it's so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> what work do I do outside of here? Yeah, Zach, go. Um, oh, I'm, I love home cooking. I think that's very, very important to me. I like to spend hours and hours and hours learning how to cook new things, pickling, canning, all of those things. And then I, yes, I am also a person who writes poetry. Uh, a I, poet. Yes, I, 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 I generally don't like to call myself a poet, actually. I generally poet say I make poems, or that uh, I, I make poems and stories and poetry and storytelling. I also do a little bit of comedy, but it's, like, boring. And That's not true, audience members. That's a true. very serious world in which I will release a book in 2019. And yes, that was what happening. I was... Yeah, I was so excited to get book hands at me. I'm like, I don't know that I'm doing <laughs> I just want to make sure that you say it. Yeah, but it's a book primarily uh, about an ekphrastic practice of seeing performance and um, uh, refracting that through personal experience, through personal narrative, and it's also about uh, Bravo uh, television programs, uh, specifically like uh, reality TV shows like Vanderpump Rules and Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Amazing. And it deals with violence and queerness. So now, last lightning round, let's do highbrow, lowbrow, inspiration. Oh my gosh. Tanara. Oh. Oh man, okay. My lowbrow inspiration um, is probably the Great British Bake Off. Ooh. Um, yeah, just in every, like, it inspires me in all aspects of my life. Isn't that highbrow because they're British? No, it's really not, though. <laughs> Have you ever seen Geordie Shore or Love Island? Oh, so, yeah. It just inspires me to bake more and to just be a kinder person. Yeah. So I think that that's really important. My highbrow inspiration... This is really, like, quite a question, but I just have, like, a lot of amazing mentors and practitioners who are doing community engagement in the arts, and they have thought so much about ethical and effective practices of how to make that happen organizationally and also um, as independent artists, and so I am just, con I continue to be deeply, deeply inspired by their work and love just, I, I'm very lucky to have a position in this organization where part of my work is to just talk to them and listen mm -hmm. to them and about what they do and take copious notes about what they do and, and yeah, and ramble on with them on the phone. So, 
Need to perfect the lightning round. I know, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Lowbrow, Great British Bake Off. Highbrow, my friends who are doing some comparable work. Go. Okay. Lowbrow is two. It's Shakespeare, because I'm putting him in low in it. Ayo, hot Definitely lowbrow. Um, but I love him. And then other one is The Bachelor, entire franchise. Shout out to Bachelor in Paradise. <laughs> Highbrow. <laughs> Highbrow, I'm gonna say, is fringe arts. And also actually all of the Philadelphia theater community because I kind of am on this binary where I'm like watching trash TV and then I go see like really thoughtful, uh, you know, topical pieces in theater and I'm like, this is not, this is not an aesthetic. This is just, we're all over the map. Okay. Um, who do do do? I only picked poets really um, for highbrow, which is, sorry. My... Highbrow inspirations, uh, Sam Sachs, uh, Jason P. Smith, Morgan Parker, Kimberly Drew, Aziza Barnes, and, uh, 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 yeah, that's them. That's them. That's lowbrow? Them. Uh, lowbrow. Oh, you guys know, I ha my lowbrow is, is huge. It's like wow. an iceberg. I, uh, Vanderpump Rules, absolutely, uh, Vanderpump Dogs, uh, Sexy Unique Restaurant. Charlie XCX, AG Cook, anything about Twitter culture, B-horror, sci-fi, uh, and I've never been more excited for any film than I am for Godzilla, King of Monsters. <laughs> I Katie. wept during the trailer. I love it. <laughs> okay, highbrow. For me, it's really been our international partners. Yeah. Um, Zach and I have opportunities throughout the year to travel to see other festivals around the world. And so we went to Complétement in Canada this year, which is a circus festival. And then I went to two different festivals in France, Festival d'Autoum, which is in Paris, and then the TNB Theater Festival in mm -hmm. Brittany. And both of those were deeply inspirational, not only thinking about their government and funding structures that are very different than ours, but also the amazing art that's coming out of those areas. Um, lowbrow for me is Instagram, which I love paging through, and also musicals, which I don't necessarily think has to be in the lowbrow category, but compared with what we do, sometimes ends up there, and I love them very deeply. Awesome. Wow. Broadway I found talk, wigless. I want to talk to you more about categorizing musicals as lowbrow. Because not, not in a coming at you way, Katie, but just because that is my instinct as well. But I just know so many people who would disagree would so disagree. much oh, with me. totally. But like Sondheim is very, very far away from Thoroughly Modern Millie. I would agree with that. Well, this sounds like a discussion for another <laughs> podcast episode. <laughs> <laughs> Next time on Happy Hour on the Fringe, Broadway, highbrow, lowbrow. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us through this journey through our journeys to fringe arts send us your new year's resolutions we want to know we want to know what you're committing to professionally artistically and lowbrowingly yeah comment on uh facebook and twitter with the hashtag hhof for happy hour on the fringe and if you don't already follow us make sure to follow fringe arts on facebook twitter instagram snapchat and on our app until Thank you then for joining us we'll see you in 2019 have Perfect. such a good New Year's, everybody. Happy Punchy New Year. little episode. Yeah.